The Space God Memoirs. Season 2, Episode 2 Vision returned to me, along with awareness. I looked out upon the pristine, simple walls of a familiar ship. Zerathra's ship, the same one I had tried stealing not long ago. There wasn't much to look at in here, other than the six identical triangular walls, the floor and the ceiling, all totally opaque, a single-person chamber lit by a yellow-white light. I realized I was sitting straight-backed in a chair. The pilot's chair. My arms were resting on two armrests. Oh, wait, I realized. Those weren't my arms. They were a light blue color, supple, delicate, feminine. Her arms. That was no longer me. Not fully. I was Zerathra. I saw through her eyes, breathed the air through her lungs. Her body was so light, so flexible and yet strong. There was a permanent tingle upon her skin, the energy traveling through her enhanced form in ways I could neither describe nor name. I tried moving, tried looking down to see if I was really in her body, but I couldn't. Neither could I move the lips that I could distinctly feel. It was like I was just a passenger in this body, fully able to witness everything she did with no access to the controls. Which, in retrospect, was probably for the best. There's no telling what sort of wicked things I might have considered doing while having full control of such a delightful body as Z's. Be still, Kev, came a thought from Zerathra, fully aware of my presence. Our minds are linked. You'll have no ability to influence or distract me here. Watch and learn. I have a vital task at hand. And with that, I was fully shut off from any communication as Z began her work. I am the Void, she whispered, tossing her thoughts aside and letting them dissipate. A surge of energy rushed up her spine, spreading out into her extremities, then coalescing at the top of her head, where it gathered, all of her cells invigorated as her mind was pushed aside and her emotions dissolved. Zerathra allowed her thin body to sink into her chair and let out a deep exhale, expelling any last remnants of worry or anxiety that may have lingered there in her system. She focused ahead, on the present moment, upon the task before her. There would be no distractions here. She placed her hands firmly into the twin grips on her chair. She took one more breath in and one more out. She closed her eyes, allowing herself to feel the subtle hum of the ship. Her ship. It spread from her fingertips, up her arms, and then into her chest, touching her heart. In the darkness, Zerathra sensed the familiar presence of the ship's mind. Not a mind like hers. Not a person with desires and ambitions, wants or needs, but a mind nevertheless. She reached out to it with her own mind, 
Feeling the connection, the tingle of energetic awareness, let her know she was not alone. She sent the thought packet to the ship's mind. Full view. One by one, the eight triangular faces of the vessel vanished, or rather became invisible, providing her a complete view of the skies around her, drifting clouds of lavender and blue over a coppery desert below. Ahead of her waited the Veyer fleet, their mindless soldiers flying biological vessels of warped life. Three formations of Vigle, the spiny crab-like smaller ships, were within firing distance. In the background, their battleship dominated the view, like a colossal one-eyed green worm. Six four-sided craft waited in orbit around Z's octahedron. I could feel her link to the starship extending outward to the pilots of those smaller craft. All of them joined in the same interface that allowed sentience to connect with ships. I only got a glimpse of their minds, structured yet simple, like thinking machines. No, not pilots, but drones. As she reached her will outward with each breath, that connection intensified, her sphere of awareness going out and out until it encompassed the entire formation, each of the smaller ships like a part of her own body. With the thought, Zerathra guided her ship forward, pulling the six orbiting vessels with it. They went towards a formation of Veyr Vigle. The sixteen crab-like ships flew to meet them, and in seconds the scene was ablaze with blasts of laser fire. It looked like chaos, but Z was fully in control, her heightened reaction time allowing her to zip around attackers or dodge blasts with a thought. She did likewise for her orbiters, directing the tetrahedrons to intercept the enemy, concentrate their fire, or even act as a shield. Within the course of 13 seconds, and yes, Z was counting, the 16 Vigle had been reduced to zero, utterly disintegrated. Two of her own vessels were lost as well. Her connection to each of them was severed, though in her heart there was no sorrow for the loss of the non-sentient AI. Zerathra centered herself once more. The greater part of the Veyr fleet was now upon her, the thousands of vessels surging past like a wave. Most of the Vigle swarmed towards the Amethyrium's walls, intent on weakening the shields and eventually breaking through. She dashed to intercept the closest ones, directing her own ship and her formation to blast at 18 small ships that attempted to pass by. In the distance, the luminous forms of the other Nair vessels did likewise, brief blips of thought in her network telling Z of their victories. Everything was going smoothly. She had not lost another orbiter. A thought from the Amethyrium's mind told Zerathra that the shields were still nearly full. Yet behind the still-approaching Vigle loomed their command ship, the green, worm-like monstrosity with its central eye that would periodically glow as it transmitted commands to them. That one was a Clotinth, a large carrier that doubled as a battleship. That, she knew, was where they were directing this attack from. A memory surged from within, stirred by the sight of that battleship. The first time she had seen such vessels, hovering over the serene seas of an oceanic world thousands of light years from here. It had been her world, her protectorate. The Bulthar, tiny cephalopod folks of the planet, had worshipped her as their goddess, and she had loved them as her children. Every eight days they would rise up from their watery homes and meet her on the shores, to present her with offerings and to embrace her. The first of the Bulthar were rising in a procession from the waters, 
their rubbery bodies clumsy upon the land, their mouth feelers twitching eagerly as they beheld their goddess with large, innocent eyes. Then the ships had appeared in the sky, and within moments the world was no more, reduced to ashes, the oceans vaporized, a civilization ended, a people annihilated. A single spike of emotion surged from within, disrupting her calm. Zerathra's mental protocols instantly squelched it, her methodical mind eliminating the distraction as she concentrated on the moment and speeding towards the enemy. The memory fell back into her, pushed away. I wanted to grasp for it, to delve deeper, but it was out of reach. Like Z, I was locked into the present moment. Zerathra's vessel ascended, accelerating as it pushed through a patch of deep blue cloud, avoiding more and more of the Vigle. The small enemy ships swarmed behind, locked onto hers by whatever programs or instincts ran them. Her sensors registered nearly 40 of them, the closest five yards behind in closing. Zerathra split her attention, a majority of her will focused on making her way around the command vessel, and a portion of it going into the tetrahedrons and commanding them to fire back at the oncoming horde. I wasn't sure how she was able to do it, but at that instant I could feel a kind of mental click, like a part of Z had split from her own mind and was now in the orbiters. In such a mindset, her craft zoomed forward, ever approaching the huge green ship. When she was within 200 yards of it, the light within its great eye intensified, until it shone radiant like a sun. Zerathra reacted by battle instinct, guiding her ship in a sideways spin to narrowly avoid a wide beam of orange light that surged from it. A few of the Nyar cubes behind her were not so fortunate, their holes only resisting an instant before they were completely disintegrated. The surging beam continued, striking the Amethyrium below. Its walls rippled and shook as the beam tore into its shields. They held, but a message from its mind informed Zerathra that the single shot had reduced its shields by 15%. For a moment, I pulled away from Zerathra and her ship, opening up my own body's eyes on the Amethyrium's command bridge. The whole room was shaken like an earthquake. A mass of at least 50 Vigle were pressed up against the translucent windows above. This close, they looked more like creatures than ships, with eight grasping legs that clung to the window, and a ninth limb in their centers that kept hammering down on the station. My heart jumped. How long could we last? I craned my neck back and took a look at those weird Nyar in their chairs. They all had their eyes closed, their seats glowing with a white luster. They had to be commanding some of the fortress's defenses. I fell back into my seat again, my awareness once more shifting to Z. There was a new tightness in her shoulders and her belly. Her breathing was a touch more shallow. Only three tetrahedrons remained in her orbit, but still she maintained her composure. I may have felt the stress in her body, but no fear was in her heart. Dodging between the swarm of chitinous vigle, she weaved around laser blasts and careening craft, directing herself around the right flank of the immense enemy Clatanth. She was soon close enough to see the detailed ridges on its hull, gill-like formations as wide as canyons. Zerathra's awareness briefly dipped into the ship's mind, scanning for the other Nyar pilots. Four of them were already gone, their ships and life signals absent. They may be joining them soon, she thought, before forcing her thoughts back into the present moment. One pilot registered as close by. Zerathra's ship-enhanced vision spotted her above the Clathnith's right wing, 
her yellow conical craft zipping around a squad of Vigle. Damania! Zerathra hailed her fellow pilot. The image of a mustard yellow skinned woman appeared in the view. Her head bald, her ears pointed and white lightning tattooed across her head. Huh, that was the same lady who had been piloting the cube I was on earlier. Damania's ship spun like a top, dodging a volley of blasts from the Vigle and returning fire, vaporizing three of them. Zerothra, how may I assist? The pilot responded, fully establishing a mental connection to our ship. This is our opportunity, Zerothra messaged. We are both in ideal positions to enact the defense plan. Yes, we strike simultaneously. We make the destruction. It is enough to give us victory. With those sublingual words exchanged, there was silence. Yet the connection with Demania persisted. I could feel her presence like a subtle warmth on the edge of my awareness. Zerathra flew forward and down, descending through the gill-like crevasses on the battleship. Simultaneously, Demania zipped around to a similar area on its opposite end. As Zerathra's ship floated closer to one of those canyon-sized openings, she could see the complex, interweaving patterns of vein-like tubes that waited within, a glow with radiant liquid that ran through them. This was the spot, she knew. The two pilots thought as one, breathed as one, then knew when to strike together. Zerathra took in a deep breath. Exhaling slowly, she counted down from seven. She directed her thoughts and her energy into the weapons system of her ship. As she did so, the sides began glowing with ever-lightening shades of blue, until the entire octahedron was surrounded in a nimbus of white light. She sat there in her chair, breathless and still. Then she breathed in once again and sent her energies through the ship, letting them go. A ball of white-hot plasma burst forth, hurled straight at the delicate structure of the Gill Canyon. It erupted with a blast, an immense explosion of fire and smoke. Our connection told us that Demania had just performed the exact same maneuver. Weariness beginning to take hold, Zerathra nonetheless kept command of her vessel, dodging backward just as a set of ropey tentacles sprung from out of the crevasse to grasp at it. As the eight-sided ship continued to spin away, we saw the Clatanth shifting its immense bulk in our direction finally turning from the Amatherium. The grotesque, one-eyed battleship turned fully towards Zerathra, its great eye alighting. She was able to outmaneuver another one of its wide orange beams, which vanished into the atmosphere, carving a tunnel through the clouds. She fired another blast of her own, which impacted the immense eye with a comparatively tiny explosion. That wouldn't bring it down, she knew, but it would keep its focus on her which was the important part. She had known from the outset that the fighter pilots alone were not enough to take down this fleet, which far outnumbered them. Their plan, and their hope, was distraction. The Clatanth lurched ever closer, while Zerathra continued to backpedal, trying to stay out of the range of its flailing tentacles, while keeping close enough to draw the thing's attention. The plan is working well enough, she thought, for now. It was then that she felt her entire ship shake. One of the Vigle had made impact with her. Its multi-limbed, crab-like body was pressed against one of the octahedron's faces. Several of its appendages grasped firmly around the ship. There was a soft cracking sound. Her sensors registered a 30% loss in shields. The light in her cabin turned orange. 
Urathra could feel the beginnings of panic setting in, but killed the emotion with her well-trained will. She maintained her focus, barely managing to evade the laser blasts of another Vigle, who was circling her far side. And in all of this, the Clatenth was drawing ever closer, its tentacles nearly in reach. Exhaustion was setting in. Her energy was nearly depleted. Zirathra reached inward for one final burst, focusing on the ship's shields. She expanded them outward and temporarily raised their intensity. For an instant, a shimmering bubble appeared around the ship, tossing off the clinging Vigle and knocking the other one off balance. There she floated, aloft in those lavender skies, left with enough energy to coast gently backward. Yet the Clatanth lurched ever closer. A thick, ropey tentacle, extending out nearly fifty yards, reached for her. She could see the suckers on its underside. Zirathra knew that there was little chance she could escape it once it grasped her, not with her energy reserves depleted so. She let out a resigned sigh. Death is merely a delay, she told herself. And then, from the surface, an immensity arose. The battle station Amethyrium awoke with a crescendo of light, thousands of beams erupting from its surface as it blasted at the waves of Vare. The great shining fortress hovered into the skies, spinning slowly like a spoked wheel, the towers at its four points firing masses of hot plasma at the larger enemy vessels. In that volley alone, the sky was filled with explosions, the enemy fleet devastated. Three huge blasts from the towers struck the Clatanth in its central eye, which burst and then exploded as the volatile fluids within caught fire. There was a piercing sound, like a bestial scream, as a great green worm shuddered and crashed onto the planet's surface below. Zirathra, barely holding on to consciousness, managed to hover out of the flailing battleship's path. Out of harm's way, she observed the battle-torn skies filled with patches of black smoke. She watched as the Nair pilots cleaned up the remaining Vigle. The day was won. The battle ended. It was victory, but a shallow one. This time, it had only been a warning, a show of power. The Veyer had merely thrown their bio-constructs at the Nair. No true tacticians at their helm. No awakened pilots to truly challenge them. The next battle might not be so easily won. Zirathra let her worries go with a breath. As she descended downward towards the planet's surface, and I was once more plunged into darkness, our connections severed. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Space God Memoirs. Space God is written, performed, and produced by A.M. Arctos. Original musical score by Alpha Colors. Various sound effects created by Industrial Strength Records Incorporated. Please support this podcast by following, rating, and sharing on your favorite social media site. For further info on Space God, its creator, and various other opinions, musings, and thoughts, go to www.spacegodmemoirs.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you enjoyed the Space God Memoirs, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. Check out the Patreon link in our description to learn more.